Welcome back to our mini-series, Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom in the time of COVID. You know, social distancing orders were put in place well over a month ago, and on top of this tragic loss of life, we're starting to see the effects of isolation and restricted movement as they make their impact. For many, there's the specter of going without basic necessities when their businesses can't bear the idle time or when stimulus money runs dry when they can't get unemployment. But for those incarcerated, a potential death sentence looms as a very real possibility as they have no way of social distancing in our overcrowded prisons. And yet some people on the outside are ignoring the necessary precautions and even going so far as to demand an ill-advised and straight crazy return to business as usual. Clearly, the advice of our experts from the wrongfully convicted community is now more necessary, even essential, than ever. Previously, we spoke to Damien Eccles and Amanda Knox about the importance of structuring your time, keeping an exercise regimen, cleanliness, focusing the mind inward, and they gave us tips on combating the absence of physical touch, and, and this is really important, holding on to our senses of humor. This week, we will talk to a man who was not only sentenced to death for a crime he didn't commit, but who also unintentionally, you're not going to leave this, escaped from death row only to return to some new, fresh version of hell. Now, he tells us about how the current state of affairs reminds him of his experiences on death row, how he overcame his anger, escaped into literature, and about the detrimental role that the ego plays on our respective abilities to deal with being in our own versions of lockdown. You can hear his entire story of triumph over tragedy in an episode so insane that we had to break it into two parts for episode five of season nine. He's the author of Monsters and Mad Men, the star of the documentary film, The Fear of 13, but mostly he's our friend, Nick Yaris, on coping in the time of COVID. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Nick Yaris is here. Thank you for having me back on. It's a real honor to do this at a time that we're all struggling to handle lockdown. You're up in Oregon, right? Yeah, I'm I'm in a, a small town on the coast of Oregon, just above California. And we're blessed by having only 6,000 people in the population. Well, Nick, you survived um, death row um, in Pennsylvania at a time when it was so brutal. So you've been to hell and back. And now here you are in the free world and experiencing a much milder, shall we say, sort of lockdown. But is it triggering for you to have to be sort of, you know, stationary and not have the freedom of movement that you've enjoyed now for so many years? It's actually um, reinvigorating all of my lessons learned from it. I had to replace the structure in my life when my my life hit a brick wall. When I was getting no new sensory input in my daily life to have memories of interactions with others, it was killing me initially. I had no structure. And I realized that that learning process of giving myself structure every day while being locked in a six by nine cell has come back and rebounded again now to point towards, oh, okay, I'm okay with this. So I used it to set up the structure for the children in the house to have their school. We built them a little classroom. We're trying to have everything regimented because structure keeps the mind healthy. And how are you doing now? Right now, the worst thing that I'm facing, I guess, is the same thing we're all facing. We have worry in our heart for our loved ones. We can set it aside for ourselves, but we struggle with worryment for everyone from afar. My dad is 85 years old. He goes over and he picks up the newspaper every day and he refuses to stop living his life and he won't put on a mask. He said, I've lived through war and terrorism. I lived through all the worst things in life. If God wanted me, he would have gotten me sooner. I'm not going to stop living my life but I'm not going to be a fool. Yeah, I think a lot of people are experiencing that right now. You know, we're all having a tough time with the isolation, but some of the people in our lives are not taking all of the precautions. For some, the issue is economic desperation. But for others, they feel like their rights are being infringed rather than that this is temporary and for the common good. And I mean, you actually had your freedom stolen without cause. So how did you persevere? What was the key for you that allowed you to, you know, uh, transcend, is probably the right word, this unbelievably terrible environment? And how can those lessons be applied for people who now are at home frustrated, no work, no recreation activities, stuck in the walls closing in? Um, money tight, 
all the other pressures that people are experiencing, how can your experience help them? In real time, I'm doing it with everyone in that same feeling that I had on death row. Like, and it goes back to a very terrible night in November of 1989 when Huntington Prison was set on fire during a riot and I was locked up in the death row housing unit. 225 of us all went quiet as we watched the prisoners across the courtyard burn the block across from us, knowing that the building structure was connected and it was going to set us on fire and the guards had already left us. So you sit there in those moments with this fear in your chest, like, is this real? Is this how it ends? Am I next? What will happen? How can I have control over these feelings? And right now, our whole world is feeling this way. We didn't do anything to be put in lockdown. Why are we here enduring these fears when this has nothing to do with us? We didn't cause this mayhem around us, but we're suffering through it. How do we deal with it? And the one thing that kept me going through it all was I refused to give up my humanity. My kindness was so important to me that I refused to feed the negative cycle, just like feeding into the negative news cycles now in today's social media. I refused to feed into the negative Believing that good was the only way going forward. And if I believed in that, then I could wait this out, see how it plays out, and remember that it's a humbling for me. And I swear to God, that death row experience is playing out right now in my life with me. There must have been times, Nick. I mean, you were framed for a crime that they knew you didn't commit. Your life is in danger every day, not just from being executed, but from being beaten to death by guards, other inmates, um, all the other deprivations. There, there must have been moments when you felt bitter, no? Oh, yeah. Oh, Jason, I, I don't want to misplace this truth. But in my early days, I was so bitter about having nothing that I would beat my head on the wall so hard by slamming it backwards into the wall. It was the only way I felt like I could keep going if I stayed angry. And first I was consumed by the insult done to me and my family to be sentenced to death for a crime, for a murder of a woman I never met in my life. To have my parents cry in humiliation in the courtroom while the people taunted them and laughed in their face. I was so angry that I thought, the only way I'm going to get through this is if I stay angry. And it consumed me. And I was so ashamed of that, that it was only because of a miracle chance encounter. A man hung himself on my prison block. His cell was empty. The guards took me out of my cell to take me to the nurse's station to patch my head up again. I'm walking back and the guard says to me, Go in that cell and get them books. He said, that'll keep you from being angry. From somehow that moment, that chance encounter, I decided to try to stop being angry. And it was really hard to stop being angry. How embarrassing that 
I was so consumed by anger that I couldn't read more than a few pages. I started to pray for a way to figure out how to become strong enough to handle this without anger and bitterness. And I couldn't articulate much. I didn't have the fluidity of a beautiful vernacular that would come later. So I stripped all the photographs off the wall and I put a photograph of myself up and I began to politely speak to the image before me of myself, hoping to give myself enough respect, love, and encouragement because that was the person that had to get me through this life. And in this transition, I found this wonderful sense that Maybe if I stopped and looked at who I was for one minute, maybe I could possibly just hopefully love myself. That's all I was looking for. And it worked. I mean, had you not had that epiphany, there's no way you would be here today. Uh, You would have almost certainly died in prison, like I said, either at the hands of the state or at the hands of one of the many people who were trying to kill you. Um, And I know those stories... Well, the thing I found out, Jason, that really is true. I watched, I don't know, 400 guys enter the prison system on death row, particularly on death row from a member of the DuPont family on down. You know, people of high ilk suffer the worst when they go into lockdown. So the analogy is the bigger the ego, the harder it is to be in lockdown. How much of an affront is all of this to you is a measure of your ego and it will attack your health. It will cause you to undo every good bond in your life. Some people can't really handle this because their fucking ego is so out of control that they really are affronted by this. How dare I as an American have to sit in my house for four weeks because some Chinese person ate a bat. Like, this is real. People are walking around in this country with the notion that this is an affront to them in their lives. When, in fact, they're being taught how to be more polite, how to be less germ spreading, how in the future to be more consistently conscientious of your own public health. And yet, it's such an angry moment for so many people. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. You mentioned, uh, Nick, about serving time with one of the DuPont heirs. Can you talk about how did he adapt? Was he able to somehow or other turn a corner like you did? It's amazing how it has to have the humbling first. A lot of people who do well in society, when they hit prison, they just break down. And it happened with John DuPont. It happened with others who were very well-to-do in society because their ego is inflated in life to the stature of how they live. Imagine one of these super wealthy people going from a yacht to the prison house, man. It is such a demoralizing downfall that they can't handle that. Jason, the one answer to the trouble people have when they acknowledge their ego, if they can acknowledge their ego, is what is your outlet? You can't mindlessly look at screens. You can't endlessly go on social media, that's going to burn you out really quick. This is why I'm so grateful I can go back to my first love of reading. I love books for one thing. Each one taught me a different aspect of myself. And if I go back and read one now, I realize the changes of who I was at the time that I read it the first time to now. Is there a particular book or was there a particular book that meant the most to you that others may be able to benefit from? Great question, because one of the things that I recently did was I picked up The Prophet by Khalil Gibran, and this is my touchstone book. This book was my present at Christmas. I rewarded myself by rereading this one work because... I felt so akin to its main character, Al-Mustafa the Chosen, who spent 12 years within a walled city, and on the day of his leaving, he was asked by everyone to give them parting wisdom, knowledge of what he experienced. 
And the reason I did this is because I was so angry at first. I thought it was flimsy, flimsy, floozy bullshit, and I didn't like it, and I threw it against the wall. Uh, my mind was so scrambled. I thought this was crazy. Why would I bother reading this crap? It wasn't until about two years later when I had the fluidity in my mind to really absorb that I found Gibran's work so uplifting. So I sat down and I opened up the book. And I was so rewarded with this beauty of this writing. You see, Gibran suffered through the tragedy of losing all of his family members to another plague. It was called tuberculosis. And his family moved to the Boston area from Lebanon. And he was enraptured with trying to hold down the family farm in Lebanon while migrating back and forth to Boston on these ships. And his whole family perished during a three-year period of his life while he wrote the prophet. That's why I loved him. He took the worst tragedies of his life and turned it into the most beautiful book he could think of and gave that to the world. That is what I make the analogy today of today's COVD hero was my personal hero, Khalil Gibran. Picking up that book the other day meant so much to me because it reinvigorated that touch, that feel, that smell of art. There's nothing like it, man. The other thing I wanted to touch on about reading is this. Right now, studies have shown that we read on average, about 200 books a year in social media messaging of reading other people's words. We read them in snippets and, you know, five and 10 minute bounds, but we're not really reading the books that we should be reading. And this is where a lot of times we have to recognize we have to implement actual time away from a screen and into enjoying art and literature the way it's meant to be. We're doing it anyway, and it's a loss to us because we would rather sit there and watch the left and right argue about what's right or people's opinions than to absorb some really cool literature and feel good about yourself. Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine sitting there day after day on a, 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 a retort to someone else's reply, to someone else's words, and an argument about a conspiracy and all this crap, when I could be enjoying something truly invigorating for my brain. That's how we do this. My prison guards would walk past me and I would be so happy, so uplifted, so alive, they thought I was mentally off. It wasn't just that I read and therefore I was absorbing things. I left prison behind. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. 
your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. So I want to talk to you about another innocent man that you met on death row in Pennsylvania way back in 1999. And of course, you know I'm referring to Walter Ograd. Just before this lockdown started, you were on your way to Philadelphia to fight for him, right? I started out trying to drive across this country in a pickup truck to go get my friend Walter Ograd out of death row after 28 years of being on death row wrongly, having the mother of the victim begging for his release and all this, only to be stopped cold by the judge. And I would have been still in Philadelphia begging for his release had I not listened to wisdom better than my own. Honestly, lately I'm just... I keep thinking about my friend Gregory Ograd, Walter's brother. Now that Anne-Marie Fahey, the mother of the victim, the little girl who my friend Walter Ograd was falsely convicted of murdering, is begging for Walter's release. He kept saying, man, she's such a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Can I do anything to try and get her a signed CD from Bruce? That's all he wants to do. This is a man who suffers from his brother being on death row right now for a crime that he didn't commit for the last 28 years. And his main concern is trying to show grace to the mother of the victim for her efforts to show grace to his brother. That's why I keep thinking about, Jason. Isn't it wonderful that in the height of this horrible thing that we're going through, So many good things are shining. Like Greg gives me so much hope because he's not allowing all of this negativity of his brother being 
cheated from being released to affect him from finding a way to go forward with good for his brother. And, you know, I, I'm so inspired by you. And it's another thing. I have to tell you this, man. I struggled before I met you. No one with your stature has given me any respect. I've done podcasts around the world, but that's a, a moment for that person. Sir, you're the only sincere friend that has stayed true throughout this process. And it's because of you, I'm going to keep standing up strong and making these efforts for people to see. This is the message right here, Jason. You and me, man, showing people that you might be in New York and I might be in Oregon. But I fucking love you, man. And I love the effort you make for other people and good is going to win. And you believe it and I believe it. And that's why we're here today. So that all of us right now, if you hear my voice and you're struggling to handle this, we we get it, man. And we love you for it. And reach out to someone. Do the nice thing, man. Don't reach out and tell your woes. Reach out and be someone else's answered prayer. Be the uplifting moment they need, and you'll feel so much better for yourself. And Nick, um, I'm really touched. And, um, you know, you're someone who I look up to, and I draw a tremendous amount of inspiration from. So I love you too, brother. And uh, we will continue to fight this fight together. We will bring Walter home, and we're going to go get Bruce Springsteen's autograph for that wonderful woman who has been through such hardship and tragedy and is now uh, showing such grace, as you said. So Yeah, and I, I like the one thing that you continue to do on the social media. You continue to share positive messaging that uplifts people or relieves them of the stress with good neuroplasticity posts. I love it that you always start it the same way. I didn't know how much I needed to see a giraffe hug a donkey, but there it is. You know what I mean? And that really matters to someone, Jason. You're doing your part, and that's what people need to hear. Those little things mean something to someone somewhere, even if you didn't notice it. And that's what we got to keep alive. Yeah? Amen, brother. So again, Nick, thank you for sharing your thoughts. You, you never cease to amaze me, and I appreciate our friendship more than words can say. You know, I feel like you've already shared your words of wisdom with us, so I'm just going to say, stay safe, and I'll be looking forward to seeing and working with you as soon as we're allowed to travel again. Thank you for having me on, and I'm really grateful to you. It never fails. Whenever I speak to Nick, I learn so much. And one of the most interesting things I just learned, I mean, we all know the importance of literature, but we tend to, you know, neglect it or take it for granted sometimes. But from Nick, I learned that we read the equivalent of 200 books a year in terms of the total number of words that we consume. But we, we consume them in such sort of trite ways, right? On social media and little bites, but reading real art, reading some of the classics is something that so many people who were wrongfully convicted, so many of our exoneree community have told me that's one of the things that got them through as Nick did, that, that it lifted their spirits, even turned their, their whole, you know, mojo around 
was reading Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, or, or some of the other classics, The Prophet, you hear these things come up over and over again. You know, if I learned anything talking to Nick, it's stay positive and always be kind. Nick practices radical kindness, and I think we can all take something from that. I mean, right now, more than ever, I think it's a time when we can help each other. You could be someone else's, you know, lifeline. Uh, before we go any further, I want to thank all our our heroes. Um, they've always been heroes, but now they're finally being recognized as such. And by that, I mean, of course, our healthcare providers, all the essential workers, the grocery store people, the delivery people, everybody who is, you know, helping us to keep going, risking their own safety to keep society from coming apart. So in the meantime, I hope you've been listening and hearing Laura Nyrider and Steve Drizzen as they shed light on why someone would ever admit to a crime they didn't commit in wrongful conviction, false confessions. I'll be returning with the new season of Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom in May. And next week, we're going to have a very special guest. I'm going to leave it a mystery, but you're going to want to hear this one. So come back next week for more alternative perspective on life and living in the time of COVID. Don't forget to give us a fantastic review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. And I'm a proud donor to the Innocence Project, and I really hope you'll join me in supporting this very important cause and helping to prevent future wrongful convictions. Go to innocenceproject.org to learn how to donate and get involved. I'd like to thank our production team, Connor Hall and Kevin Wardis. The music in the show is by three-time Oscar-nominated composer, Jay Ralph. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Wrongful Conviction and on Facebook at Wrongful Conviction Podcast. Wrongful Conviction with Jason Flom is a production of Lava for Good Podcast in association with Signal Company Number One. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, this time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.